Testing, testing. Wow, we're here. We're here. Hola. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, episode two of Sherapy. I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, Shahruz Vaziri Lenjani, my uncle. Please give a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Now turn the beat up a little bit. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Well, Thank you. Thanks for the introduction, but I got to say just... Weak. <laughs> weak introduction? No, no, no. I was going to say for the record, I mean, yeah. you could have found so many more people that are just infinitely more interesting than me but thank you thank you for having me as part two it's, it's an oh honor oh my god are you it's an honor dude do you, do you guys hear this guy he's just being modest he's being no, modest no, no, I'm, being, I'm being serious he, so no. many more interesting people than me but dude you are the most interesting as a matter of fact you thank know you. how Gra long i can talk to you man gracias gracias <clears throat> everyone hearing each other fine yeah sounds good okay well Uncle, thank you for being here. Thank you for being... It's my honor. It's my privilege to have you, my Good uncle, to be with you. as my guest. Thank you. So, um, let's get right into it, Uncle, because I have Sir. so many things to ask you, because, you know, I'm an adult now, and you can't terrorize me like you used to when I was a, <laughs> a young, young kid. Damn, you still remember those days, huh? Oh, yeah. Don't worry. The world's going to find <laughs> out about who you really are. I thought I beat it out of you, but okay, no. if you remember... <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember every last uh, bit of it, Uncle. Vindictive, vindictive. Now you're on the hot seat. You're on the hot seat now. So right. I got you right where I, I want Retribution, I like you. it. That's yeah, good. Yeah, of course. I'm all about getting vengeance. Dude, let's start, let's start off with something very simple because I want the world to know who you are. Where are you from, Dwight? Where'd you grow up? So born in Iran, uh, but grew up in West Los Angeles. Like the vast majority of... Uh, Iranian Americans, of course, yeah. of course. How old were you when you moved? We we moved from Iran to U.S. when I was four. Moved to Texas, stayed in Texas for six months in San Antonio, and then from there moved to uh, Los Angeles. I remember the drive actually. You drove from Texas to L.A. Yeah, we are with uh, your mom, uh, my brother, my mom and dad, Honda Accord. Oh, with a U-Haul attached to it. U-Haul <laughs> <laughs> attached to the 12 hour, 12 hour drive from San Antonio Taking the 10 freeway all the way to uh, Los Angeles Holy yeah. sh must have been hell huh? Uh, it was fun It was fun For a 4 year old it must have been very fun Yeah it was I don't know I just it was. I have some funny memories on that But I'll, I'll talk about that later Sure sure <laughs> No, tell, oh, So wait Okay you're 4 years old Because I want everyone to know This is my this is obviously my mother's brother on my mom's side. My, this is my uncle. In Iran, we have a different term for your mother's side. Paternal, paternal, yeah. Yeah. Um, on my mother's side, we call the uncle Dai. So this is my Dai. And then on my father's side, which I don't have an uncle on my father's side, that's Amu. So in Iran, this guy, what, I mean, what he's known as, what I grew up calling him is Dui, Dui, Dui. And it's not even pronounced Dewey. It's pronounced Dai, 
But me being like a kid born in America, growing up with this guy, it was always Dewey. That's yeah. what I knew him as. Like Stewie, but Dewey. Dewey, instead. Yeah. Um, one thing, Uncle, so I don't think you've noticed this, but you do realize that you're like breathing heavily into the mic, right? Uh, yeah, I guess Super. I breathe loud. Yeah, stop. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> stop, dude. I watched this, uh, I, I watched this, uh, I think it was like a mini YouTube clip. Mm-hmm. And there's this couple being interviewed by somebody else and the guy I, I thought the guy was quiet and then he was just sitting like this right next to his wife and his wife is like honey can you stop breathing like that <laughs> <laughs> and the I guy was exactly like what you know what I'm talking about? about yeah 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 that's like like couples therapy thing yeah. <laughs> yeah. like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop breathing I'll stop breathing please just no more no more breathing okay yeah, yeah. thank you very much Jamie can you pull up this video yeah, that yeah. he's talking about Imagine. Soon, soon. Um, very soon. soon. It's happening. It's happening. Soon we're going to have I our see own it. Jamie. I see that, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you move... Different locations. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Maybe not the living room of my apartment. You go from Texas to California, and you grew up basically... So you're basically from America then. I mean, you moved when you were very, very, very young. That's why, you know, your English is much better than your siblings. You... You graduated as well from America, Kolan, like high school, middle school, university. Yeah, grammar school, all of it, all of it, yeah. A whole way. Okay, okay, I got you. Being the youngest sibling, first of all, tell us what were the age gaps between you, your sister, and your brother? With your mom, almost 12 years, with my brother, 16 years. So your parents had a kid when they were, when Deutschatten was already 16, 17 years old. That's a huge gap what are the advantages the disadvantages of being the youngest sibling and especially by such a wide margin it's not like it's just one two three years it's 12 years what was it like man that's a deep question advantages and disadvantages yeah of being the youngest because i'm sure there was some of each well like yeah like everything else in life right there's advantages and disadvantages I don't know, I guess the disadvantage was that my parents were a lot older, so I was not as, we could not relate. My siblings could relate a lot more with my parents than I could. And then, granted that I was raised here, and my parents were very traditional, are very traditional. True. So there was a big disconnect between me and my parents versus your mom and my parents. Did you have a lot of fun as a youngster? Were you like a troublemaker? No, was it? Well, it depends on like which... It depends on who you ask. It depends who you ask and, you know, what stage of my life. But for the most part, it was fun. It was fun. I mean, like every kid, we had some bad times and we had some good times. The reason I ask is because nowadays, especially when you go online on TikTok, Instagram, whatever, you see that people say that the youngest sibling always has the most advantages because their parents, you know, they experienced everything with the first kid or with the first two kids in this case and uh, like trial and error so that like eventually when it got to you, they're the nicest. They know what to do. They know how to act. And being that you are the baby compared to everyone, I would assume that, you know, you get what you want. But was that not the case? No. It was not the case. I mean, that's part of the story. 
Right. That's not the whole story. That's part of the story. Yeah. Maybe they didn't do the things they did with the way they raised my brother or your your mom. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, I mean, I guess because they were also working, both of them were working. Hmm. So that so other than the fact that we could not relate because of the age difference, right? Like my dad was forty five, my mom was thirty five. Right. The fact that I was speaking English in school and at home there were very traditional Iranian family, they were religious. I'm sorry, you said they're thirty five when you were born? My mom was thirty five. And then dad was forty five. Oh. Yeah, ten year between my mom and dad, yeah. I okay, I didn't know that actually. They have ten year difference. So well, that's the way it was back in the days. So right, it was, it's nothing yeah. like uncommon. No, yeah, yeah, not at all. True, not at all. That's true. So Makes yeah, sense. they were both working. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were not as focused on me as they were on my brother and my sister. Yeah, I guess we all had our own challenges, and of course, no, of upbringings course. that had positives. Like they had a lot more like cousins to be around at their age group mm. more memories like i never went on vacations with my with my family why they went because my parents were always working we never went on a vacation together all of us together but with uh with your mom and my brother my brother they did they went everywhere together was 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 nama working in iran too no she was a uh housewife in iran yeah but when she came here is when they opened full-time yeah full-time work the bakery yeah she had her own business and and Bobajun was that's what he did too right they yeah, both were, yeah yeah they were both running their business and uh it took a it took a lot out of them yeah mentally physically mentally physically i mean it was it was a very lucrative business it was a great business they were successful but they were working seven days a week yeah because it's, it's it's theirs and it's a pastry store so you know it takes it was very difficult yeah pastry bakery cakes my god man you gotta really love it you got yeah you, you gotta love it hash you have to have a dying yeah. passion for yeah. that for cooking in order to do that yeah my mom told me that she used to work in the front sometimes and or, i mean worked yeah, there a lot yeah as the cashier right? yeah yeah we all did yeah everyone yeah yeah <laughs> i've heard a lot of funny stories actually about that so, yeah it was on Westwood Boulevard. For those that don't know, my grandparents owned one of the most famous bakeries, pastry shops in Westwood Boulevard, which was a very, I mean, it's a prolific, obviously, Westwood. for It's, it's known for being like Persians on there all the time, Persian businesses. Prime real estate. Prime real estate on the corner of Veteran and uh, Westwood. Prime if, real estate. If you wanted to lease that out now how much like ballpark do you think it's because you know real estate as well well i don't know commercial real estate in los angeles that i don't know right 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 but i'm sure it's very expensive because of where it is yeah it's like right on the main street too i don't know if it's still a coffee bean there was it a coffee bean it was a coffee bean yes yeah it was coffee bean adjacent to the coffee bean right past the parking lot but before coffee bean it was called all american burger I didn't know there was something before that. Yeah, actually. it was All American Burger. And <laughs> okay. he, and my dad, I think, had the opportunity to buy that. And he didn't. And he regretted it all the time. Oh, my. But he bought the one right next to it. You no, say no, that he could have bought that too? Yeah, yeah. This is actually after they had this business. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he was he, the guy, the owner, put it for sale. 
but then coffee bean came in and i guess bought it bought it up quick yeah yeah and that coffee bean to this day it's still standing there i don't know is it still that yeah standing there? Okay. i went there like i think a year ago with my friends to the supermarket and it was still there wow yeah i miss josephine now so uncle you uh you have a very interesting background because you you didn't take like you obviously you went to school and everything you did university and all that but you didn't go like the traditional persian route that most parents want their kids to do like engineering or doctor or lawyer you went and you majored in something that you were passionate about yeah which yeah. is political science and history yeah yeah what made you what like how did you get into because if you talk to, like if you talk to kids nowadays they're not going to want to do that kind of thing just simply because they say maybe they're just not interested in it or they don't want to become a politician or something. What was it that you found so interesting about political science, about history that made you want to major in that? It's just something I, I always found appealing, something I understood, uh, something that would excite me. It was stimulating for me. It was just something that interested me, and uh, I, I was just drawn to it, just naturally. Was there any? Was there like one specific thing that like really did it for you? Like one specific piece of history? Like yesterday, a couple of days ago, we were talking about Napoleon, and the way that you were describing Napoleon to me, it's like you know more about this guy's life than anyone else. If I would have asked anyone else. Well, I'm was sure if Napoleon? you asked historians, they would give you a better account of him. Yeah, but it was Napoleon and. Uh, then we talked about Nader Shah. Nader Shah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Nader Shah. Because he was before, a little bit before Napoleon. Mm -hmm. And I said that, I think I told you this, that people say that Nader Shah is the Napoleon of Iran. But that's inaccurate. It's Napoleon that's the Nader Shah of Europe. Mm. Yeah. And you told me that your history teachers, even they knew that too. Yeah, Even yeah, they agree yeah, with yeah. you, yeah. but because everything is so westernized. Yeah, Euro Eurocentric, yeah. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that ever suck for you? Like, people don't really know. Do you ever want to, like, share that with the world and let them know, like, hey, this is this is cool and all. Yeah. But let me tell you a little bit about Nader Shah. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you about what I, what I really know and who is really the boss of that time. Yeah, like the military campaigns in terms of strategy, in terms of coming from a dirt poor family and then you know iran was uh, broken into different uh war like war there was a lot of warlords in iran at that time mm -hmm. this was after the collapse of the safavid dynasty so like 1700s 1700s yeah exactly right and this guy came from absolutely you know literally he came from the bottom all the way on the bottom and he was able to unite the different clans and he was able to fight off the foreign invaders he kicked out the afghans from iran he went all the way conquered all the way to new delhi india jesus that's how much land he captured and it's all because of his military strategy because of his military campaigns but yeah nobody really knows about him that sucks that we have such a rich history 
but people know us as just one thing. But as sh- doesn't it mean- ever bother you, like the fact that we have all this amazing history. We have these fantastic public figures that used to rule the goddamn world, and now it's just like this is what we're known as. Yeah, I wish Hollywood do, would, you know, do a better job in creating some sort of a storyline. But it's, I guess it's because we don't have Iranians in the film is- industry as directors, as producers, yeah. you know? Because, we, like you mentioned before, everyone went in the traditional route of engineer and doctor, lawyer. Exactly. No one went into the arts. Yeah. And we Ma- have good artists. Yeah, yeah, and we have fantastic uh, actors and actresses. And and filmmakers. And even filmmakers, absolutely. We won the freaking Golden Globe a few years ago, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Persian movie. Can you picture that? Winning a Golden Globe? Uh, totally, absolutely. Because the storytelling is amazing. It's also depressing. It's, 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 a good, it's like a drama that you would watch, though, just to learn and just to... It's an it's an exciting drama, but I had it. It's very like, meaningful. Very meaningful. Yeah, very meaningful. Has uh, it connects with a lot of people? Then, like there was one that came out, I think a year ago, and I, I'm telling you, this was a super low budget movie, literally, but low budget in the terms of the graphics or the background or you know there's not, but very good actors, very 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 good actors. What's the name of the movie? Um, Battle of the Baradarone Leila, I think. Yeah, Baradarone Leila. I, I think that's it. Brothers of Leila. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Phenomenal movie. Oh my God, phenomenal. The story, the story is beautiful. I'll beautiful. Check it out. Yeah. Anyone that I would know in there, like a fame. Uh, the, no, the actors are very famous. They They're are? very famous, but it's just you can tell the movie is great because of the story and the acting. It's just like it, the the background, the setting is in this guy's house, in a working class family's house in Iran, Tehran. Right. And that's basically it. But, but the, the, story the story is so attractive. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, okay. I like. Wow. I love movies like that that are low budget and they it. It's the acting. It's yeah. the dialogue that makes the movie. It's not all the cinematography. And don't get me wrong, I love cinematography. It resonates, but yeah. It resonates with you because you can relate to it. Exactly. Ex- now I'm excited to watch this movie. Yeah, please do. Brothers of Layla, I will watch. But also, I just want to let the world know that there's another movie that they need to watch, which is, they, they probably know it already, A Separation. That movie, still to this day, gives me goosebumps. I see scenes of that on like Instagram like movie pages that post like famous so movies he, he plays in it by the way uh, that the main actor guy? one of yeah he's one of the actors yeah oh. in Battle of Leila yep I'm definitely gonna watch that yeah. now he's the best he's so the that best. movie The Separation right right so that one also is just a story and the acting right there's no cinematography in there none it's just graphics just the, no none of that it's yeah. just a storyline that was just so appealing that's you make a good point actually so imagine if they had more to work with these filmmakers imagine if they had like all this hollywood spending and stuff like they could really make something crazy probably i would i wish that iranian you know iranian americans would go and explore different type of uh ventures and careers and you know because if you want to have an influence in american society you got to venture out into different things i agree don't don't get me wrong like 
being a lawyer being a surgeon a doctor that's noble that's great that's a very very profitable noble you know very prestigious but in america you got to get your hands in different fields absolutely no i agree with you on that i agree with you wow that's a perfect transition that leads me to my next question so then why didn't you pursue your history your political science route oh i made a mistake i should have done that i I, you know it was uh i take responsibility for it uh do you oh yeah absolutely but at the same time you know your family too they you they look down on you they they discourage you they you know um yeah yeah, there, there there was a lot of uh it was like a taboo. It was like, what are you doing? Uh, you know, you're not going to make any money out of this. Like, Chikar McQuinney, you, you know, all that stuff. But you can. I want people to know that if you study history, there yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if you study history, yeah, and you can find a partner who's in graphic design, and you can make, you know, really cool YouTube videos... And you can monetize it. You can oh. monetize that. I mean, a lot of people are doing it. A lot of people are doing it. And they're making money. And I could see the subscription, like how many subscribers they have. Off of like history topics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There is a market out there. Oh, for yeah, that. for people sure. People are interested. You know, people are interested because history does tend to repeat itself. So many of the times that I've talked to you or my mom, when she sees what's going on today, she'll compare it to what used to happen back in the day. And it's all a cycle. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's why I feel like people study history sometimes. It's because they realize, like, it all comes back eventually at one point. Even if it doesn't, it's still interesting. Yeah, there, we're, there's a saying that past is prologue. Um, past is prologue? Yeah. What is prologue? Like something that's about to happen again in the future. Past Damn. is prologue, yeah. Just learn something new. Okay. Past is prologue. Interesting. So your, fa- it was. I'm going to assume it was your father and your mother that they kind of like wanted your you father, to go. Father, father, father. Mainly your father. Yeah. What did he want you to do instead? Become a heart surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Because in you, you know did. in their mind, like being a surgeon was like, oh my god, the shit. That's royalty right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I get it, like I see it, but I, at the same time, like just knowing you, I don't think you would want to. Like, was there ever any time in your mind that you thought, like, maybe you go, you would pursue that route, like the medical route, or did you always know, like, that's just not me? And maybe deep down inside, I knew that was not me. Good. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't justify that. I but can't they see indoctrinate you. you. Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, we can see it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I saw you watch that. Uh, what do you call it? TLC. There was this channel called the Learning Channel. Like I would, so I would watch a surgery, you know. And he's like, I saw you watch that surgery. You love it. I can see. <laughs> You're gonna be a surgeon. I could see how delicate your hands. Are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they will grab any little bit yeah. of hope, and they will cling on to it forever. Even my dad. My dad for a while, like he he saw Castro like play video games on his computer right like just like a normal kid plays video he's like Castro you can be computer scientist software engineer and my brother's like dude I just play video games on this thing 
<laughs> no, he's good with computers. Yeah, he's a big computer guy. But he just plays Minecraft when he wants. That's it. So, yeah, that makes sense, actually. Now I feel for Boba Jun. Yeah. guy. You should have just became a surgeon, man. I should have, man. Just do it. I should have, God yeah. damn it, like... There's a button I can go in the past. I would definitely not become a heart surgeon, but a brain surgeon. Oh, that's yeah. where the real... Mo- I, you know, I have a friend that's studying to become a brain surgeon. Good for him. That is excruciating. He... We don't talk to him anymore. <laughs> we don't... We have no communication with that guy because he's so stressed out. No, but he's... He's it's in Canada. It's a very, 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 very... Oh, my God. Extremely difficult to become a brain surgeon. The amount of studying. Oh, my God. It's, a lonely, it's a lonely path, too. Yes. A lot of lonely nights. Yes. Just you and the books. You and the books. You got to be in love. Yeah. You, you got to be in love with that field. You have to... My, my other friend, who I'm not going to name, but wanted to be a nurse and then eventually he realized like he's not like that helping type of person like he's not if you want to go on that medical route fact is you have to be like i want to help people yeah or at least i feel like that's what you should be when you want to go down the medical route so he switched the business instead because he just wanted to get rich so um so your your father was the one he obviously he said no like you know whatever like i don't want you to study history um, I was going to ask the next question, but I have another question now that just came up in mind. Yeah. Do you ever think like, and I, I think we talked about this earlier too, like a couple days ago, but do you ever think what would have happened if you would have went that route and you would have like, like, you could have been like a history professor, for example, right? And, and you're good with people. So you could have been great with students as well. Do you ever picture your life as that person? I, not as a professor. No. No, 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 no. I, I wouldn't want to be a professor. Then what? I unfortunately did not grasp the, the value, the opportunity that YouTube brought. Mm. If I had known, if I had really... See, you need to have a business sense. Like, oh my God, like this is something revolutionary. You know, you could monetize what you love... You can share what you love, express it to people, share it with people, demonstrate value to people by saying, like, this is what I've learned. And I'm sure people would find it attractive. Yeah. You know, and you would get followers. I did not see that. You know, in 2006, I think it was, I saw YouTube for the first time. And I was like, oh, these, like, video clips, really cool. But the people who saw the value in it, they saw that opportunity they started making videos they started making videos it evolved and now like these all these people have channels like very successful established channels and a lot of them are those historians as well a lot of them have been around for a long time long time yeah like from youtube and that's how businesses start right yeah until you get established damn you take like a heuristic approach trial and error you learn Think of all these people that made a killing off this shit just because they recognize that this thing is going to explode. Yeah. And they just started making videos and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay because you instead... I went into a completely different field. Completely right. different field. What yeah. do you call your field exactly? Because like, I, I was going to say hospitality, but I don't know. Is that the right term for it? What, do you, what would you call it? I would say uh, finance in hospitality. Finance in hospitality. hospitality. Yeah, I got my master's in 
business hospitality degree, right? So it's more like finance. So I work in the finance world for hospitality. Okay. Yeah. So okay, let's let's rewind changing, a little bit. Change gears here a little bit. Yeah. yeah let's yeah, change yeah. our gears a little bit. So you you uh, you finish school, and then you finish university and all that. You go back to Iran. Correct me if I'm wrong. You, you go back to Iran, and you go back to Esfahan with mom and dad. Yeah. And then you start working at my your father's hotel, which we talked about in the last episode with my mom. You went to work at Baba Jun's hotel as the manager. And I remember coming into that hotel and seeing you run shit, seeing you organize things, telling people where to go, who to talk to, whatever. You were running that place essentially when he was not there because obviously he's like the big owner whatever but you're like second in command well i I wouldn't put it that way no 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 i was in second so hold on let me (laughs) you know what maybe i'm talking too much yeah go ahead you tell me no no no. it it wasn't like that so first of all um i ended up going to iran because it was a very turbulent time in my life very turbulent right i was you know the word disoriented of course I was truly someone who was disoriented at that time. How old were you? It's like 28, 29, 28. And, and, yeah. and right now, how old are you? 40. So this was 12 years ago. We're talking 12 years about 12, ago, 13 yeah. years ago. So you go back, you were disoriented. Yeah, it was just a very difficult, turbulent time in my life. Uh, I was not in the right state of mind so i and my everybody had gone to iran remember they packed and they left right your your parents had moved back to iran yeah yeah they had moved back to madam shop was, like, was closed shop, everything was closed yeah there's there's a lot of story we don't i don't want to get into it but anyway yeah go back to iran just to spend a little bit of time with my parents my dad's like hey we have this hotel me and your me and your uncle it's in really terrible shape you worked in hotels. Why don't you come and help out? You know, you come, you bring a Western perspective. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the hell about anything about hotels or anything about living in Iran. And I don't want to live here. So what, he's like, why did he say you worked in hotels? You had already worked in hotels before yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. When I was in uh, undergrad, when I was studying history. You worked in a hotel? Yeah, yeah. In Anaheim. Because I went to UC Irvine. So Which I hotel? Crown Plaza and Peacock Suites holy shit i never knew that so you already had some experience and then coming into it yeah yeah a little bit of experience i'm so sorry continue oh okay uh so he's like yeah you know you worked there and all that and i uh i was like you know what school experience and this is a time in iran so we're talking about 2012 okay so uh for your viewers 2012 in iran was an important time because this was the time where Iran started negotiating with the U.S. about the nuclear program. So mm. there was a lot of hope. Uh, there was light at the end of the tunnel. There was a sense of like, oh, my God, there's going to be some sort of normalization between the U.S. relationship between Iran and the U.S. Like, finally. Finally, yeah. Right, right. Rouhani had just been elected. There was a lot of promises, blah, blah, blah. Obama was in his last... Uh, it was in his second term, and yeah, there was very good signals from both countries that there's going to be dialogue. Then uh, the narrative had changed in media. They met, they were negotiating, and so I was like, all right, you know what? 
maybe there's a possibility that Iran is going to change too. It's going to open up. Advance. You know, advance. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was that time. So my dad's like, listen, it's actually not a bad time. You know, we're in the tourism industry. We're gonna, this is the hotel. But the hotel is run down. Right. It's run down. Uh, long story short, my uncle was running it when they were living here. He didn't take the best care of it. Sure. And uh, it, it went from being a hotel to like like a really bad, like a slum motel. Jeez. <laughs> How many rooms? 30 rooms. It was a small boutique hotel. Got you. 30 rooms. 30 rooms. But the location was... Grand location. The best location. Yeah, it was right next to uh, a very famous historical monument in the city of Esfahan, Siasepol. Yes, of course. And uh, the street that it was on is like the equivalent of Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills and uh, <laughs> Champs-Élysées in Paris. Yeah, right. Charbok Abbasi. You know, historically? Charbok Abbasi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's close to all the historical sites. Right? right. Walking distance. It is, it is, yeah. And then right across is the metro that was made. They were making the metro station. So... Zoyan Derud. Zoyan Derud, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, walking distance to Zoyan Derud. Great location. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm young. This is a cool experience. Let's do it. Yeah. So we renovated the hotel, um, lived in Iran for four years, changed a lot of things. Uh, man, I remember the first year I got there, it was Persian New Year, mm. March. And it was just a time when all the Iranians travel, right? Busiest time it's of the, the year. Busiest for hotel. time of the year, for yeah, hotel. for, for yeah. travelers, yeah. Yeah. But most of our past, uh, our guests at that time were people from the Arab countries, like Bahrain. Really? Yeah, Bahrain, Iraq, or a lot of Iraqis. Yeah. And half of them, half the guest percentage was Iranians from all walks of life. Mm. By the time I left in 2016, mm-hmm. I would say during aid, 50 to 60% of our guests were Europeans. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. Either Italians, French, or Spanish. <laughs> because I had tried. Because hope there was, we didn't have any online presence. I started that. We started our website. Oh my our trip god! And, yeah, like TripAdvisor. Yes. Our our ranking went up. We, we became top three. Jeez. We were like number seventeen, and then we went to top three uh, in TripAdvisor. What, so, so you put hotel tourist on, on the, the map. map. <laughs> Hit the button, baby. Let's go. Which one? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. Or or this one, too. This is what we were going to do earlier. Yeah. But we did this now. So. You Uh, did. You did. Yeah. yeah, That's a big accomplishment, actually. So. But it it reached a point where I'm like, I can't stay here. I cannot really relate. And I couldn't really connect with that culture that much. It was a great experience. I learned a lot. Uh, I met Iranians from all walks of life, from every corner of Iran, people coming to the hotel. So you meet a lot of new people. You learn about Iranian culture. Yeah, of course. People from different provinces, from Sistan, Baluchistan, to Fars, to, uh, what do you call it, to uh, Azerbaijan, to uh, Khoraz... what do you call it? Char uh, Mahal Bakhtiyar, 
uh, from Luristan. I hope, I hope from people from all the places that he's listening to are getting happy right now. Yeah, people were coming yeah. from everywhere, from Khorasan, and it was it was great meeting Iranians from these different areas and understanding like all these different beautiful cultural differences that Iranians have that not, not not a lot of people know about here, right? Of course, of course. You know, they say, are you Persian? Yeah, you're from Tehran. That's it. That Yeah, that's all you think yeah, of. That's really. it. Some of them don't even know that. Yeah, but there's so much diversity uh, and uh, yeah, di- definitely a lot of diversity and it's uh, it was beautiful. Beautiful getting to know so many people in Iran. Very nice. So, so in 2016, I decided to apply for my master's in a business program. Okay. And then I moved out of Iran and went to Switzerland. Okay. So that's where things get crazy. Yeah. I remember when you left us, Dui. Do you remember that? Do you remember when Bro, we saw you have, last? Things have been crazy for me since I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> that's a longer podcast. You, yeah. You, you've actually experienced a lot. I know that you definitely have, especially with all the places that you've been to. So for the people that don't know... After 2016, you went to um, Switzerland, but that was just the first stop. Yeah, first stop was Switzerland. We learned about finance, right? Because Switzerland is known about finance. Of course, uh, of course. They have a great program, hospitality program. But yeah, they they basically focus on corporate finance, real estate finance. And then from there, we moved to Hong Kong. Okay, That was the second portion of the master's program wow from switzerland to hong kong to hong kong yeah yeah hong kong was amazing it was uh that was a very unique experience was there for almost six months okay and then from hong kong washington dc stayed in washington for three months and then from washington dc to houston texas where we graduated it's a tripartite program so from there that's when I went into the hospitality finance. So, okay. So, you start off in Europe, you go to Asia, and then you come to North America. Yeah. Why do I feel like there was more to that? There was, it was just those three? Yeah, those yeah, four? Yeah. I mean, I feel like Switzerland, you Switzerland, they taught you about, like, the European market. Okay. The European hospitality market. Like, the excellency behind okay. all of it. They really are amazing in the hospitality. I mean, you saw it with like the wine. I remember you told me that you tried wine too, right? Yeah, we tried everything. But in terms of hospitality, I would say no. In my humble opinion, I would say the Asian hospitality is far superior than the European hospitality. Whole nother level. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. They care for you. Why do you say that? Do you think because they care for you Culture is different. They're more hospitable. Labor is cheaper, so they have more more labor more incentive as well i feel like what, what do you mean more incentive i mean because you know when you get paid in those nice hotels in asia i feel like it means a lot more than when you're getting paid in a european hotel yeah. correct me if i'm wrong yeah, no, no, but like they're more appreciative i feel like especially when they are like taking care of you or something like they do it with a smile on their goddamn face but when you go to europe it's like it's like a hassle to them to want to take care of you. It's just different cultures, different cultures, different mindsets. But yeah, yeah. You, uh, I mean, Japanese hospitality, Excellent. the best, the best 
Hong Kong was great. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you ever want to go to Thailand, but their hospitality is phenomenal. Their, their tourism industry is just on a different level. They can offer you everything. Literally. The beaches, everything. the beach. <laughs> 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 yeah. Like whatever you want, they can offer you. Yeah. No, that, that, that's exactly it. Is yeah, that they, not can, true? They, they can sure. Yeah, absolutely. Any shape, size, form that you want. Hey, baby, this guy, this is getting rated R. It's a PG th- it was PG-13 and we're going I horror. just mean hospitality-wise. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, man, they're hospitable. It's they're hospitality. Very, yeah. They got to take care of you. They got to make sure you come back. <coughs> exactly. Um, exactly, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they, you know, gave us a glimpse of the Asian market. Uh, and then... So when we went to the U.S., right? When we came to the U.S., mm-hmm. U.S. they taught us about strategy. It's all about strategy, marketing, efficiency, um, or efi- yeah, yeah, efficiency, yeah. But strategy, like how to develop your business, how to uh, gauge businesses on how to operate efficiently, and it's all about being optimal. And you know, right? Of course, of course. Corporate look. I know how that is in America. Europe was the same way. It was just a little bit of different flavor, but Asia was different. Asia was different. And it was good to get that holistic overview of the hospitality industry globally. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then we came here, and then from there I applied to a company, and the rest is history. The rest is history, yeah. So, okay. Because I know that once you finished this program, once you finished, and how long did this whole thing last? It lasts like a year or something. A year and a half. Right? A year, a year and, and a half, half you were traveling. Yeah. And then finally, you know, you apply for jobs, essentially. And, and another thing about this program that was amazing was the exposure, yeah. not only to the different markets and different brands, but to your classmates. Everybody was co- coming from all over the world. Oh, right. You were in a whole group. Yeah. Right? And, and there was a bit of a learning curve because they would put you in separate groups and everybody's coming from a different country. Uh-huh. So talk about team building, right? Oh, yeah. Problem solving. <laughs> Problem solving, team building, people that come from different communities, different parts of the world, different cultures, different mindsets. The way they analyze information is very different from you. Of course. So obviously there's a learning curve like, oh, how am I supposed to connect with this person? But then hospitality is all about that, right? Because you know, you have to connect with everybody. Exactly. You have to be able to. At the end of the day, it's hospitality. You got to accommodate. It's hospitality. You have to accommodate your guests, you know? Of course. The of course. better service that you offer while at the same time maintaining a good profit margin, that's how you, you know, succeed. A lot goes into it. Yeah. A lot goes into it, though, because, you know, you have to know how to diffuse certain situations. You got to be a problem solver. You be yeah. a problem solver. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you don't even get to talk to guests or something. Because, like, for example, right now in your position, do you even talk to guests? Not me. Nope. Never, right? No, no, no. You're just those in the are back. The, those are the, I mean, when you work in a hotel, hotels are, it's like an organism. It's like a whole ecosystem. You have so many different parts, so many different departments. Hmm. Everybody is doing different things but it all comes together as like one organism yeah and uh every single piece of it relies on the other on the other for it to succeed everyone's contributing yeah everyone's contributing in everybody yeah if one of it one piece of that falls out one piece of that machine that cog falls out 
it's going to have this uh, ripple effect and it's going to impact everything negatively. It's going to have an adverse effect on everything. And it does. Operationally, it really does. I mean, yeah, you've, you've witnessed that firsthand. I witnessed that on the operational level. And now that I'm on the corporate level, I can see it because now you have like a high level overview. Yeah. So what's like one, I mean, if, if you, if you can, like, cause I don't want you to like disclose too much that you can't, but what's one thing that could go wrong for you that you're like, Oh shit, I got to deal with this right now. In my field, in your field specifically, the, like the, you know, the, the finance part yeah. or whatever. You're well, you, you, they tell you revenue, the people in the revenue management world, they tell you that. We're expecting in the month of January, this many customers, this much revenue. So then based on that revenue and that many customers, we say, okay, well, this is how much labor you need. Oh. Right? How much so labor that, you need to hire. How example. much you need to put on the schedule. Oh, right. right. How much to quit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they, and, and hire, exactly, right? So we're going to have a big month or a big quarter or a big year, you know? Yeah. So we got to hire. In anticipation of that, what? Forecast. Right, right. And that forecast doesn't materialize. Yeah. And you're like, crap. I have <laughs> all this labor. Shit. And then a lot of them are already scheduled in advance. Right. And then there's all these rules and bylaws by state on like, you need to let the team member or the employee know, give them advance notice before time. you yeah, yeah take them off the schedule. Yeah, a lot of these hotels are unions and there's so many additional regulations involved and there could be lawsuits and it is a nightmare. And at the end of the day, who suffers? We suffer as a brand and then the owner, the ownership suffers too, right? So, Of course, wow. I mean, yeah, because sometimes you can overestimate it or underestimate it. Most, a lot of it is overestimated. Uh Uh-huh, I see. Have you ever had to have that conversation with someone? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because then, you know, like that, like, hey, it's time conversation. Because these ownership, the owners, it's important for them to know what their bottom line is every month. Because they're institutions, right? I mean, that's the way the economy works. Like, okay, this is how much the cash flow is. Based on this cash flow, they do other things. So it's really important that you try to get that forecast as close as possible. It's a numbers game. At the end of it, it's a numbers game. What yeah. makes sense to them makes sense, and what doesn't, goodbye. Exactly. Yeah. Shit, sounds brutal. Sounds brutal. Yeah. But welcome that's to ca- welcome to capitalism. Yeah, that's <laughs> welcome to capitalism, Boran. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Um, I wanted to transition this a little bit, going from your hotel and your experience to more of our family. And us growing Whoa, up. that's a... Okay, we're going to... <laughs> oh, no, no, not... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing too crazy. I guarantee you that. But, um, you know, you have four nieces and nephews right now, total. Yeah. Um, you have one niece and three nephews. My question is very simple, and I, ex- I expect a simple answer as well, honestly. It's not a very big question. It's a simple one. Who's your favorite <laughs> niece slash nephew? Just go ahead and tell the world. I won't, I won't even look. You just let them know. Favorite? Well, co- you should cover your ear, too. So you- <laughs> I'll, show. I'll cover it. I'll cover. No, I, uh, favorite niece, nephew. 
Because you're always... I, 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 you know what? What? And I'm going to be honest with you. Please. I love you all. Oh, my God. In, in very different ways. <sighs> that's a load of shit. Come on, man. A load of shit? What you do you got, mean? Dude, that's like what you tell your kids when they ask you, which one do you love us the most? Which one do you love you, the are most? Are you asking me if I like my right hand more than my left hand? That's not a fair comparison. Yeah, of course it is. I love all you guys, but I just love you in different ways. <sighs> I have different connections with you. Shit. I laugh with you. I have a completely re- different relationship with Castro. I have a different relationship with Arsham Dude, and it's Shailene. okay. It's okay. They will understand. They will under- okay. Just say it. Shion, it's never been you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Guys, thank you. For- that was episode two of Share P. <laughs> appreciate my uncle for being yeah. on this Shaya episode. Shaya would need therapy after this one. Yeah. You know what? Let's make this share peep with shadows. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to tell your audience something about you. Please. When, oh, you, were, when you were a toddler. When you were a toddler, I'm going to say. Jesus Christ. So once I came to your house and uh, you were a toddler, I think you were like three at the time, four, three, four. Okay. And you were in the corner, all the way in the corner of the house, right? And I just sat on the couch. I just went like this. Uh, and I put my legs up. Okay. And then you're like, Ah, and you just started crying and I'm, I'm like what so I didn't I didn't know it was me I'm like maybe something happened so I look behind me I'm like no there's nothing behind me so I'm like oh, let me do this again so I lifted my legs again and you're like ah <laughs> and like really crying like crying hysterically like you why? were crying why and then I just kept doing it it was funny <laughs> oh that's the whole time <laughs> But you, you you weren't traumatized or anything, right? Do you remember that? That I don't remember. Good, good, good. Never mind. I, I am going to talk about some of the traumatic events that I went through with you. One specific one, which we both know. Are like, you talking about oh, the fuck bunk yeah. bed? Fuck yeah. yeah. You know, so, you know, now that you want to bring that up, <laughs> let me go ahead and open my book of memories here for a second in my brain. So, talk about the bunk bed. There was one time, so my uncle, you know, for a lot of people that don't know, which is pretty much everyone watching this mm-hmm. podcast, is... Nobody uh, knows me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. Insignificant. No one. <laughs> I mean, just like the world. The world, yeah. My man. uncle... How many subscribers do you have? Oh, well, <laughs> can't get anything right. The world. My uncle is a prankster. Okay. I used to be more of a prankster. He yeah. used to be. He used to be. But now he's more of a jokester. But back in the day, my uncle did so many things. That was actually going to be one of my questions. You know what? I swear to God, it was my next question. Why did you terrorize me, my brother, and my mom for so long? I just terrorized you. I never terrorized your brother. Your no, mom. you did. And I'll tell you when. I'll give you examples. So, you know what? As a matter of fact, I want to start with Castro's and then I'm going to go to... I want to save mine for the last one. Mm. But do you remember when we went bike riding in your apartment complex? I Oh, I do remember. So, we go bike riding. <laughs> Damn it. I can't, I can't believe you still remember that. <laughs> Dude. I, and that wasn't even to me. That was to Castro. Well, I pushed Castro to go a little bit faster. No. But he fell off the bike. Yeah. Are you talking about that? I wasn't even going to talk about it. I didn't even realize you did that. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were biking to we it were bike, right now. We were bike riding. Yeah. And he was in front of me, so I tried to push him. So he goes a little bit faster. Right. And I think he lost his balance and fell. And then when he fell... He cracked his head. No, he didn't crack his head. He cracked his chin. But I know that you cracked his face once. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get into it. 
Let's not. <laughs> you terrorized your brother's jaw. <laughs> he terrorized mine too. Okay, wait. No, but I was actually talking about the time when we were all three bike riding. I had a bike. You had a bike. But Castor had the scooter. Did I push the scooter? No, no, no. Forget no. the pushing. You didn't push oh, yeah. <laughs> So what are you talking about? You didn't push him here. No. What happened was... Get to the point. We were biking and then he was left behind and he was screaming our names and I had a headphone in my ear but you didn't have a headphone in your ear and he was screaming for us to slow down because you're you know you're significantly faster on a bike than you are on a scooter obviously right and he was just like you <laughs> I remember him like because I turned around one second like while I was listening to music I took off my headphone and I saw that caster wasn't with us anymore and I look and he's like behind us and he's like kicking the floor <laughs> trying to reach us trying to get to us because he couldn't reach us but you could i feel like maybe i'm incorrect but correct me if i'm wrong i feel like you could hear him did you not hear his and then eventually we stopped i was like do we do we stop he's all the way back over there and then he comes he eventually gets to us and he's crying hysterically he's like why didn't you guys wait for me why are you guys leaving me and stuff did you or did you not have headphones on when we were there in that Those moment. were great times. I remember that. That was fun. And that you was and you guys went. That was in August of 2008. How the fuck do you remember that? How the fuck do you remember that? <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> Every detail of it. It was traumatic. Not even for me, but for Castro. And we got to talk to Castro. We, we got to bring Castro here and yeah, talk to him. About we do that. have to add him to this as I, well. I remember me thinking in my little... Yeah, I was thinking in my ignorant mind that, you know what? No, no, no. Yeah, I was thinking that if if I go a little bit yeah. out, I was going to make him more in a stupid, dumb, ignorant way. Like, he would be a little bit more stronger in the sense, like, trying to make him man up a little bit. Oh, I see. Like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Obviously, it didn't work. Yeah, no, he was scared shit. Now there's PTSD involved, <laughs> medication <sleep>. involved, yeah. <laughs> Xanax involved. Why? Because he was cuddling and him. he was five feet away from me. No, he, was, <laughs> he was 500 yeah. feet away from kid. In Irvine. He was a full... <laughs> <laughs> not He's in the war-torn, like, Syria or anything. It was in Irvine. No, not in yeah. Baghdad, no, but it was no, right here. Yeah, in Irvine, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it's like everybody cobble now, now I want to talk about what you did to me. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about you more. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. here. So let's talk about you. Doi, you, this is not just terrorizing. If there was a word further than terrorizing, I want to know what that word is. You, you traumatized me. Which one? Which, what was the we were incident? In, I was in my room brushing hmm. my teeth. <laughs> Do you hear this? Do you hear this laugh? <laughs> this man? <laughs> To this day, <laughs> so yeah, I'm in my bathroom and I'm like maybe like seven years old at the time or some shit, so maybe six or whatever. And uh, brush my teeth. I come out. My room is dark. Obviously, my uncle was staying over for the weekend or whatever the fuck. And um, I was supposed to sleep. So me and my brother had a bunk bed in our bedroom. I was always on the bottom, and Casser was always on the top. You remember this? And then for that night. You were supposed to sleep on the bottom, and then I was supposed to go on the top, and then Caster was going to go sleep on the mattress, the doshak, on the floor or something. 
So I come out into the bedroom and it's dark in my bedroom because, you know, I just brushed my teeth and there was no one in there. I check my bottom bunk. I see that you're mm-hmm. not there yet. So I climb up to the top bunk using the ladder. And as soon as I peek my head over, my uncle is there underneath a blanket and he's like, Boo! and me right then and there. Can I wait? Can I, stop, 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 stop. Let me, let me say in my way. Like, from my perspective, Please. I think mine is going to be a little bit more... Please share it. ...colorful. Okay. Please, go ahead. So, yes, Castro was on the bottom bunk. Yeah. And then I came in the room. He was about to go to sleep. And I saw that you were in the uh, restroom mm-hmm. washing up to come to bed. Mm-hmm. But the door was a little bit open. Right. Right? Right. And, but I could hear your voice. You were talking to yourself. You're okay, okay, I'm going to brush my teeth. And I'm going to go upstairs. <laughs> and, yeah. I'm going to go in my bunk bed, and I'm going to go read my book, my Goosebumps. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Goosebumps. Yeah. Shout out Goosebumps. Yeah. You used to read Goosebumps, right? Well, yeah. yeah. I can't believe you remember that. Okay. Well, I, you were talking about it. Oh, okay. so, yeah. so then I'm like, all right, this kid, is. I'm going to scare him. So, <laughs> so I'm like, Castro, I'm going to go up Sick, there. So man. Castro, Castro was like, yes. And then she, <laughs> oh, so he was there? Yes, Castro was there. He was waiting for you to come out and come upstairs, uh, come up the uh, bunk bed. Oh my God. Climb the ladder. So I went on the blanket, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to go up. And you would talk as you were. <laughs> <laughs> so then you're like, to coming up the ladder slowly. And then I came and said, boo. And then you're like, I hate you. <laughs> you start crying. I did say I hate you. Yeah. No, I don't think you realize how much I hated that, you in that, that moment. That damaged you? Yeah, that damaged you. Do it, I never wanted to see you again after that. Like, seriously. I was like, how could he do this Because to you really wanted to read that Goosebump book. And I think I just... But I gave you the Goosebumps. Yeah. Didn't I? You see? There you go. Like, you want the Goosebumps? Yeah. You're a sick man. Yeah, You're I, a um, sick, sick man for doing that much. to a seven-year-old kid. That's sick, actually. To clap to, to the, the, the Yeah, drum, shout out to... To all the fun uncles out there that scare their nephews, Nephew. shout out to you guys. This one's for you. Ooh. Those are just love taps, by the way. Love taps. Yeah, I guess it built me later on in my life. <laughs> That's why I did that to Castro. So it builds them up, too. <laughs> Dude, the jump scares that you would do are ridiculous, honestly. You did one too many. And I remember going into my mom's room and telling my mom about it and like crying to her about it, about like how how crazy this man i was like i really didn't Ugh. to this day to this day doy to this day i will never forgive you for that baby <laughs> big baby all right i'm sorry i'm Cheyenne. dude on behalf of uh what am i saying on behalf for the record in front of your entire audience i apologize for damaging you cheers I'm going to damage you too. Later. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to go to the gym t- uh, tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to the gym tomorrow. I'm going to kill We're going to do some squats. Leg day tomorrow. We're going to do leg day. Don't forget. Legs specifically. Nothing else. I'm going to kill you in that gym. All right. So, we got to... Do you like, do you like squats? Do you like doing squats? Of course. Do you like um, back squats, front squats? Back I you we you told me that front is better for you or at least more difficult and uh, it activates like your quads more. Yeah. You said that but for me, for me, I don't know about other people, but for me, I feel like my quads get more. We should try front squats tomorrow then too. Actually, we'll do both of them. We'll do both. 
I wasn't actually going to do squats tomorrow. I was going to do hack squat instead. Oh, let's do hack squats. You down for that? Yeah, of course. What about Bulgarian split squat? You down? Do you know the what that Bulgarian is? Bulgarian split squat. Is that the one that you put one leg up? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. That I do that every leg day, no matter what, regardless, because nothing else activates my do legs. You, do you do deadlifts as well? I used to do deadlifts, but now... I mean, I do it sometimes, but I don't do deadlifts like all the way down to the ground. I make sure the bar is slightly elevated. It's called rack pulls. Mm. It's like when you just put the bar on the mm. rack and do it yeah. from there. Because I heard if you go all the way down, it's... It's not good for you? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm going to kill you tomorrow. Who's that really amazing bodybuilder that his quads were just beyond this world? Tom Splats? Tom, yeah, 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 yeah. Splats? I'm pretty Platts. sure. Splats. Tom oh, Platts. Tom Splats. Tom Platts. Platts. Yes. Yeah, Tom Platts. Yes, that guy yeah. had the best. You know what? We should do a Platts leg day tomorrow. Oh, my God. We should just that see what it is. insane. Let's Google, like, Platts leg workout and see if we can, like, you know. It's failure. We have to, like. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to go to do failure. Do everything till failure, yeah. pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Why not? We'll do some things till. F- I mean, we have to do till failure anyway, some things tomorrow. Yeah. Some some things, yeah. Some things. Maybe not squat till failure and die. Two more. Two more. Two. <laughs> <laughs> when you're like, yeah. And then you do two more. It's like, one more. One more. more. One more. <laughs> and then you fall, you die, you collapse, and you're like, hey, thank you, God. Yeah, yeah. You have achieved failure. You have, <laughs> you have achieved true failure. True, true failure. failure yeah. yeah. We're going to achieve true failure tomorrow. Uncle, tell me about... Um, Okay, I just want you to know, okay, growing up, what I thought of you was fun uncle, always. The guy that, you know, you had your own apartment. The guy guy who traumatized you was also fun uncle? Yes, dude, you put us onto Halo, okay? You put us, you don't, I don't think you realize. Oh, I remember. You put us onto gun games in general, like... Good influence. Very good influence. (laughs) I played Xbox with my uncle first on the xbox one if you remember and i was just a kid at that time but you were you know grown so you're 40 i'm 22 my uncle is um 18 years older than me but he would hang out with me and my brother like like we were all just like together like it it didn't even matter like that he was 18 years older than me we still like had so much fun we would play hide and seek together we would play video games together we would play board games together everything we would do together especially when you would come over like me and my brother looked forward to you coming over to our house every weekend or every month that you did come because we honestly had so much fun with you like you were the only one that really got us in the family i'm glad i'm glad that i'm hearing this i thought it was i was just traumatizing you but i'm glad I, we, we no, had some fun with no, me too dude besides the trauma that you put onto us you the um, terror the Besides the trauma <laughs> that you put onto us, you also, at the end of the day, you made us feel safe. You made us have a good time. You made us have a lot of fun. Um, I want to ask you about your what? Go ahead. What? So during Christmas uh, with Arsham, my our his cousin, my other nephew, right, who's much younger, much younger. He's like fifteen now. He's fifteen. We went to a uh, amusement park mm-hmm. similar to Six Flags. And I was running with him to like different rides, and uh, it was really 
difficult for me like on some of these rides like I can't handle Your it anymore yeah great. yeah man I, I couldn't do it anymore I'm like I'm, this is where you know you're getting old yeah of course and, but I kept running with him and me and him were just like running to these different rides because it was nighttime. there was not a lot of people at the theme park amusement park and it was fun. Even was to fun. this day, you're still being the fun uncle. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, I didn't have a fun uncle. You didn't? No, I didn't have a fun uncle. That's why it was always important for me to be a fun uncle for you guys, to be a part of your lives, because I never had one. Holy shit. So you talked about advantages, disadvantages, the earlier question about, oh. you know, difference in age gap between me and my siblings. You're right. So my brother had a much closer relationship with my uncles than you did yeah, yeah i had uh, zero relationship with them because he was much older yeah 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 he was very much closer with uh our dai that passed away um and even our amu oldest amu who also passed away he was very close with them that was i guess that's a disadvantage now right that, there yeah yeah Sometimes so it was important for me to give always to yeah us. to give that to yeah so i could at least you know, I didn't have that, but I can give it because it's important for me to have that relationship for my nephews and nieces. Niece. Thank you. No, you gave us a great experience. It was honestly a fantastic. So experience. obviously, on the you know on this path, you make some mistakes, like <laughs> saying "boo." <laughs> oh my, dude! I could I could write a list, but I'm struggling to remember all the things. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many more. I don't. Want to <laughs> no, dude. There are like even with my mom too. You scared the shit out of my mom a couple times too. Let's not get into all of that, honestly, because that's just because when you scare my mom, like. You know, she'll have like a heart attack or something. What I wanted to ask you, uncle, was that, you know, you always in my eyes, in Castro's eyes, were the fun uncle. And now come to present day. Actually, you know what? Before we do that, before we before I ask you this major question, I want to ask you because you moved from here, California, to the East Coast which was a big move, obviously, and now you want us to come and visit you in the East Coast. I would everything. love for you guys to visit me in the East Coast. Of course, and we will. We will come because it's, it's, now I have a lot of people there as well. It's not just you. I have people that live in that area, and I realize like, if I go there, I will be taken care of. Like, I have some very good friends and family there, obviously you and Rachel. And now, a new cousin. Yeah. Dude, I want to ask you, What's it like, the Be transition from fun uncle, bachelor uncle, to now the father? The father uncle? The father uncle. <laughs> <laughs> You're no longer just a day, you are your own, you are a father now, and you have a kid, and you brought a cousin into this world for me. What's that transition like? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a daddy now. <laughs> <laughs> You're a baby daddy. Yeah, it's, uh, so we moved to Virginia, uh, both my wife and I back in January of 2020 before mm -hmm. the world turned upside down right right uh, and just recently had a baby girl to be blessed to have a baby girl Marshall knock on wood and fantastic I'm gonna be honest with you it was very challenging the first month for me and I'm sure for her as well because you're learning 
you know yeah uh you know some people say like the moment your child is born you feel like oh my god like this is it love at first sight i didn't feel that i'll be honest with you <laughs> dude <laughs> judging by how you used to scare me when i was a kid i did not feel that i just felt responsible oh i just felt like oh now i'm responsible for this new creation right wow for this new baby right but as she started to now she's three months old she just turned three months uh yesterday day before yesterday oh, day before yesterday right. now as she i guess for guys it's a little different now i i see like she smiles at me i make her laugh so that connection right it creates that bond yeah i think i spoke to my friends who also have you know you know babies yeah and they felt the same way too the ones that are you know we're very close and transparent with each other and we tell each other our feelings i thought it was just me like i stood out like i didn't like i'm like how come like you hear in the movies and you hear all these stories like oh my god the moment i saw my baby i fell in love, love it was at just first yeah, sight. Yeah, yeah oh my god i'm like yeah. the blessed the luckiest guy like guys i didn't feel that yeah yeah <laughs> it's like a little alien yeah. Out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah actually her picture i have a picture of her when uh in her mom's belly she really looked like an alien <laughs> have you ever watched independence day that alien of independence course, day yeah. i swear she looked like that in that picture I hope she doesn't get upset Jesus. when she gets older. She hears this. Oh um, my! I can't believe she's gonna hear this one day. I'll show, I'll show her the picture. Trust yeah. me. If you see that picture, you'll be like, "Oh my god, she looks like an alien." <laughs> yeah, Lena, you you will agree yeah. probably. Yeah. So, yeah, but then as she gets older, and now we actually there's some sort of a interaction with each other. Yeah, that's when it's building. I can I can totally feel it. That's so good. I dude i know you're gonna have like talks with your daughter i know you're oh, gonna yeah. be like the one that like i feel like she's gonna be like a daddy's daddy's girl for sure i feel like she will be she will be but her mom too she's a she's a fat uh, fantastic mom of course no rachel she's gonna credit. be a, she's gonna be a great mom in terms of like a great friend right by the way um mm, my uncle's wife it's her name is not rachel i just call her that like don't think like my 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 uncle married a persian lady named behnaz but we call her rachel because she reminds us of rachel from the show friends but that's a whole different story so i just wanted to give the context to people rachel is absolutely fantastic you found yourself a good one and now you have a baby with her yeah do you know what i'm gonna do to this baby though are you gonna do what i did to you absolutely make her boo? i absolutely listen i knew you're you not i knew you were not vindictive i knew you were not vindictive what does vindictive mean means you <laughs> <laughs> look it up you don't know what it means say it someone, say you don't know what it, what it means someone who is <laughs> someone who is so forgiving oh no vindictive mm. means that okay. it means the opposite of that so someone that is forgiving? vengeful yeah yeah someone who you know has oh, a chip so on their shoulder who wants to get back at you oh 100 percent, me petty i'm petty i mean listen just just know i mean i feel like you're gonna do it yourself to her i feel like you're I've been already doing it myself you're yeah <laughs> what are you talking about 
If she only could speak right now, she would tell you what I've been doing. Oh my god. Man, me and why she cries and everything. That and she, she wants milk, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Wow. Do is that wine that you're drinking on by the way or grape juice? Grape juice. Nice. Fermented for legal purposes. It's grape juice only. No, it's wine. Do you, do, do, you, do you drink wine? You're a father now. That's kind of crazy. Sometimes, I mean, if you were to tell me that, Sean, you can only have one alcohol to drink for the rest of your life, yeah, I would say red wine. 100%. And what kind of red wine do you like? I don't give a shit. I mean, I can't really tell between them. I just, any red you wine. You just prefer red versus white. You don't like the white. Oh, 100%. Dude, you don't like Chardonnay. Red wine with mm. like some cheese, bread, and uh, some olives. Dude, like crackers, like just simple charcuterie type shit, you know? I'm sure your mom has all that. We should do that we right should after your show. Bet. I'm getting kind of hungry, actually. Should we wrap this shit up? Sure. Let's wrap this sure, up. Sure, How sure. long do you think we've been going? I don't know. If I tell you, you won't believe me. Could I guess? Go ahead. An hour? An hour and 15. It's time, huh? Close. Yeah, close. Holy Very shit. Close. Oh my God, I'm so lucky. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> we just time broke my mom's record? Time passes when everything is so fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna make me cry with that you piece of shit <laughs> uncle i love nephew you. thank you for being here thank you for being on the pod um, nephew thank you for having me and uh i'm sure you're gonna have so many different episodes hundreds of episodes hopefully um and this one is going to be lost what in those episodes and then one day one guy is gonna you know look at this specific episode yeah and then just delete it <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be you actually yeah. you're gonna be the guy that wants to delete it but i'm not gonna let you delete it listen by the way i'm not gonna cut any of this uh i hope you realize like, no, un yeah, no, no, no. You're unfiltered, good, right? unfiltered. Un of course my mom wanted me to cut some things in that episode and i'm like mom everything is perfect you were fantastic mother and so were you uncle thank you thank for being here thank you for having me i love you love cheers. you too brother cheers Thank you so much. All right. Okay. God bless. Episode two is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, let me make sure this is good. And now we end it with a bang. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much.